Question. Question number one. Because uncompounded space, what does it mean? Okay, so the uncompounded space, this is really uh, critical. Okay, this is quite a serious issue. Uh, uncompounded space. Uh, first of all, let me explain, you know, that space is of two kinds. Compounded and uncompounded. Again, don't panic, <laughs> you know. Let's start from very, let's start from a very easy way. Say, you know, uh, in between us. So, um, say, you know, um, if you're close to a wall, if you're very close to a wall, would you, you know, would you make another two, three steps? No. no, because you're going to bang there. You know this, you know. Whereas, if you are quite far away, then what are you going to do? Or you will, you know, walk so easily. How do you know this? How do you know this? Because you know this, because you see some emptiness or space in between you and the wall. You know, a small space and a bigger space between you and, you know, the faraway tree. Right? You see the space. So say, you know, what determines that space? It is, how do you know that there is this space between you and the faraway tree over there? How do you know? How mm -hmm. We can distinguish it physically. Now, you, do you have to go there and see if there is space? Visit with our All eyes. through visual. Good. Through your eyes. You know? So it is our eyes which see something. Our eyes have to see something which is functional thing. Sense organs, they only see functional things, right? So, what you see, this space in between us, is what is determined by your eye consciousness. So, since that, you know, whatever is seen, validly by an eye consciousness, should necessarily be a functional thing, or a form. Which means that, the space that we see between, you know, you and the tree, or you and the wall, this space seen, is what is known as, a compounded space, a space which is seen by your eye consciousness. This is compounded space, right? Can you see the space in between us? Mm -hmm. Can you see or no? Yeah. You can see it, you know? Okay, so this space that we see in between us is what is known as compounded space. So this is the main thing. Now, but a question, this is not the main question. Mm -hmm. This is the main thing. But this is not the, the final question. The question is, what is uncompounded space? You know. Now look, this uh, say last time I was talking about this one. So say this rosary. This rosary has all different characteristics. Oh, it is yellow. It is round. It has many beads. You know, it came from India. <laughs> you know, and it is used by a Buddhist. Or even nobody's can, even a non-Buddhist can use it for uh, counting money. <laughs> you know, so it has all different characteristics, right? So we see that, but when you really try to locate what that object is, it's just one, this rosary. But there are millions of characteristics that you can speak of. You know, say, oh, this is Dorji's rosary. Oh, this is you know. Um, non Catlin's rosary, <laughs> non Catlin's, you know. So all these things keep on, you know. So we see that there are millions of characteristics attached to this particular object. 
Similarly, this composite space that we see around, see, you know, in between us, it also has millions of characteristics. And one of the most obvious characteristics is that, you know, we know that, oh, if I, if I just step, you know, in front of me, then, you know, I'm not going to bang anywhere. So this is unobstructedness. You know, so the most important or the most obvious characteristics of this compounded space is the un, unobstructedness, the quality of unobstructedness. Right? Whereas, if you really try to, you know, locate where is that, where is that quality which is known as unobstructedness, you can find it. Mm. You know? It's just what you see, and this is the, the compounded space. It's not just with this quality. It has millions of characteristics. Mm -hmm. But this quality is just one of them. Mm -hmm. You know? But what you see is not just confined to this, uh, the unobstructedness. It is what is visually, you know, perceivable. You know? It, it is, it is non-obstructive, of course. It is unobstructive. Right? So we see that out of these many characteristics this compounded space has, then mentally we pick up one of them. You know, out of many characteristics, we pick one of them, which is unobstructedness. This, you know, what you single out as the characteristics, you know, one of the characteristics of the compounded space, which is unobstructedness, this is what is known as the uncompounded space. The quality of unobstructedness, which is, you know, uh, possessed by this compounded space, is known as uncompounded space. The quality of unobstructedness, the quality of unobstructedness, which is which is associated with the compounded space, is known as uncompounded space. Mm -hmm. Now you may wonder, still, you know, there's a little bit of haziness here. So then why this is uncompounded, not compounded? Uncompounded because it is not physically tangible over there. You simply pick on one characteristic, mm -hmm. you know, it is mentally picked up. Because if you say, oh, I simply want to have the color of this, you know, rosary. I don't want to have the rosary. So you want to pick up the color of the rosary, but the rosary will come together. So physically you cannot do it. So how can you pick up the color of the rosary separate from the rosary? It's your mind which does it. Only the mind. Mm -hmm. On the mental level you can do it, you know. On the mental level you can do it. Not in real sense. So when you speak about, you know, the... Uh, the beads or the rosaries, now look, this is the point, the rosaries being a yellow. So this is what your mind is picking up, the rosary being a yellow, you know. Out of millions of characteristics, you're picking one of the characteristics. So the rosary, rosary is it compounded or uncompounded? Compounded. compounded. And yet, the rosary being a yellow, out of millions of characteristics, you pick up one. This is what you might get. Mm -hmm. So therefore, so the rosary being a yellow is also uncompounded. This is what your mind separate out and not existing over there. As the rosary being yellow is separate from the rosary. Mm -hmm. You know? So likewise, the unobstructedness, the quality of the unobstructedness of the compounded space is, no, is you know, again, a one of the characteristics that your mind picks up from this 
uh, compounded space. So therefore, it is you know, it simply exists separate entity in your mind and not as distinct objectively. So therefore, it's mentally imputed. What is mentally imputed is referred to as uncompounded mm-hmm. or you know, non-functional thing. So permanent. Permanent, so exactly. Permanent, yeah, permanent. yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Are they, um, but being a, um, a lack of, non-affirming? Uh, lack of, non Or lack, lack of, uh, I see, ob- I see. Obstructive, uh, obstructiveness? Is, good. Do they have to be? Very good question. Um, now, that I say, if I'm able to paraphrase your question well. <laughs> so, you know, so what about this uncommoded space? the quality of unobstructedness. Is this non-affirming or affirming negative? Mm-hmm. First of all, whether it is positive phenomena or negative phenomena. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, it is not uh, positive mm-hmm. because, you know, because positive means we look at the cup. And how does cup appear? You know, the cup appears like something directly coming to your mind. Mm-hmm. So something which directly com- comes to your mind is known as positive phenomena. Mm-hmm. And whereas, say, you think about the absence of elephant in this house, Mm-hmm. You know, so what you do is that the absence of the elephant, there's nothing solid over there. You, you, you cannot really grasp to say that this is what is known as the absence of the elephant. Mm-hmm. You know, what you do is that mentally you reject the elephant. You know, it is not direct coming to you. It is by rejecting the elephant, and this is what you call as the absence of the elephant. It is not directly coming, rather, you repel instead of you know, attracting towards you. You repel. So this, you know, something which comes to your mind through repelling the object of negation is known as a negative object, negative phenomena. Now within negative phenomena, there are two kinds, you know, affirming negative and the non-affirming negative. Say, when you say, oh, you know, uh, this wonderful professor, he doesn't look at, he doesn't, you know, he never in his life has studied anything in the daytime. This great professor, you know, never in his life has he studied or looked at a book in the daytime. So, no, you know. So, explicitly he says that he never studies in the daytime. This is rejected. While rejecting something, you know, there is implication. Oh, he has been studying in the night times, right? So, there's the implication. After rejecting, if something is implied, this negative is known as affirming negative. Whereas, you say, Oh, nowadays, you know, I don't drink, uh, say, I don't drink, I don't drink tea. Does it mean that you drink alcohol? <laughs> or you drink milk? Not necessarily. So it's simply ne- rejecting drinking tea. That's it. You know, it doesn't imply anything else. I don't drink tea. That's it. Oh, he must be drinking alcohol then. <laughs> you know, oh, this is not the case. Right? So, it simply rejects something or negates something. And then you know, nothing is implied after that. Mm-hmm. So mere negation without any implication behind is referred to as non-affirming negative. Now look, going back to our main uh, discussion, the you know the uncompounded phenomena. Uh, sorry, uncompounded space. Uncompounded space. So which means that oh, there is no obstruction. Obstruction is negated, and it doesn't mean that you know oh, there is a paradise coming out of that. You know, it simply says that there's no obstruction, that's it. 
it doesn't mean that oh after you know there, after there is no obstruction there is emptiness coming there is you know of the car coming nothing of that mm-hmm. simply you negate mm-hmm. obstruction mm-hmm. that's it you know the quality of unobstructed unobstructedness simply you negate so what mm-hmm. I see here is simply you know um, no obstruction mm-hmm. you negate the obstruction and that's it and there's no nothing to infer, nothing to imply. So therefore, no. the non-compounded space is non-affirming mm-hmm. negative. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Well, I have a question, yes. Good. What about the space that your rosary occupies and then you move it? So the space where your rosary is is obstructed. Okay. No. So and when you move it, then you you've actually then taken up some unobstructed space. Good question. So. Now look, say in this nut, there is a space, right? And there's also a space occupied by this rosary, you know? So, in the study of Buddhist philosophy, particularly this comes from, you know, uh, uh, the Sanskrit and Tibetan, you know? In the Tibetan language, uh, namkha. Namkha really doesn't, is, is not exactly equivalent to the space in English, you know? Space, the space covered by this, occupied by this rosary. So here the space is different. Space is simply the volume, you know, the volume co- covered, occupied by this rosary. Now the space, the real connotation in this context is, means that emptiness that you see, you know, between me and between you, you know, the emptiness. The mm-hmm. emptiness is not in the sense of, you know, ultimate reality like that. The, the space in the sense of, you know, unobstructedness. Mm-hmm. There's no obstruction, mm-hmm. you know, rather than the solid thing occupying space. This is not the idea. So idea is this, you know. So, the kind of the space that we see in between, this, is this something that you are seeing by rejecting something? No, it's something comes to your eyes directly. Mm-hmm. So the space, this space, what we see by our eyes, is the compounded space, and this is positive phenomena. Whereas uncompounded space, you know, which your mind picks up as one of the characteristics of this compounded space is, you know, what is that? But there's no obstruction. Obstruction is rejected, you know. No obstruction means obstruction is rejected. Mm -hmm. Simply negate obstruction, that's it. Mm -hmm. So therefore this is non-affirming negative. Mm -hmm. Yes, next question. Second question was, the object then... The objects themselves are reflections of the mind. How come? How, how is it that the objects themselves are reflections of the mind? Say it again. This is what I wrote. Perhaps someone has. Had a chitamatra question. Yes, it was a chitamatra question. Anyway. So, how is it that the objects themselves are just reflections of the mind? Okay, very likely. It is like this. Very likely. Say, there's this rosary. This rosary. And. Is this functional thing? Yes. Yes. According to Chitamatra, we, we should, you know, we should know that we are in the domain of Chitamatra world. <laughs> Still in the Chitamatra world. So this rosary, does it exist? Yes. Is it functional thing? Yes. Is it caused by causes? Yes. But it is also, you know, the nature of mind. It's just a part of your mind. It's not a mind. You have to know that it is not a mind. This is not a mind. Yeah, very common example that I gave you last time is the mirror 
and the image reflection on the mirror. Reflection on the mirror. Is it mirror? No. This is not this is not mirror. But is it separable from the mirror? No. no. So this is just a part of the mirror and yet it is not a mirror. You know? So similarly, all these objects they are like reflections in the mirror, according to Chitamatra. You know? So what happens is that these objects, although they are not the mirror itself, although they are not the mind itself, but they are like the image. They are like the just the image, reflection on the mind. You know? So say this rosary, is it just a part of mind or is it just a reflection uh, you know, reflection of your mind? You know? That's right. So now to give you this idea a little bit, you know, more clearly, let me put it this way. Last time actually Catherine came up with this question. How come according to Chitamatra the the functional things such as the such as the rosary, you know, how come this is me uh, this is part of mind or, or the nature of the mind and yet it is not mentally mentally imputed. Yeah. According to Chitamatra, this is not mentally imputed. If this is mentally imputed, it should be, you know, it should belong to this category. Uh, what? The imputed nature. Whereas mm-hmm. it belongs to what? Other power of nature. Yeah. It is functional thing. Mm-hmm. Functional things and other power of nature, these two are, econo- mm-hmm. the, are synonymous. Mm-hmm. You know? So, now the question is, how come that this rosary, while being a part of your mind, while being the nature of your mind, it is not mentally imputed? This is the question. So, uh, Kevin, how did you answer? You've got to answer yourself, right? Well, it's back to the face in the mirror. Yes, yes. yes. I, I can't say I understand. Yes, yes, yes. But, that it's like exactly. Clear. That's yeah. All the further I can go. Exactly. Yeah. That's what they're saying. Say, it's simultaneous. Yeah. Exactly. And that's it. Say, look in the the mirror, the image in the mirror. You know, image in the mirror. Image in the mirror. Is it functional thing or is just mentally imputed? It's functional. It's functional thing. You know, it's functional thing. But is it something separate from the mirror? No. Is it mentally imputed? No. You know, mm-hmm. mentally imputed means which is not locatable. Mm-hmm. Which, is, which cannot be located, mm-hmm. you know, simply coming to your mind, and that's it. Mm-hmm. So is this something uh, which can be seen by your valid eyes? Or not? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so therefore, it is fun- something pointable, which means it is functional, functional thing, and yet, it is, you know, it is um, simply a part of the mirror, mm-hmm. not a separate. Mm-hmm. Likewise, all these phenomena, they are just like reflection to a mind, you know. Like the, the the images on the mirror, all these phenomena, the TV, the rosary, the cup, the table, the house, everything, they're simply like reflection to our minds, you know. So these truly exist, truly exist in the sense, you know, they really function because they, they are simply the part of this mind, you know, and one nature with the mind, just as the mind disintegrates, they also disintegrate, you know. They are not separate. They are simply like just simply think of the image in the mirror. That's it. Yeah. While these two are not separable, but you know they are not uh, the image is not the one with the mirror. So similarly, all these objects they are simply part of your own mind, you know, and yet they are not mind. And at the same time, we should be able to we know that just as the mind is one mind is so exactly, so solidly, so truly, you know. 
the object, the rosary and these things which appear to which, you know, uh, are the reflections on this mind, they also exist as truly and portable. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And yet look, mm-hmm. unlike the permanent phenomena, uncompounded phenomena, you know, which cannot be located or this is it, like the mind, you know, we point to the mind, we point to the rosary, uncompounded phenomena, you know, they cannot be pointed. But it's simply on the conceptual level that they exist. But the rosary, you know, it is not just existing on the convention, the imputation or conceptual level. There is something beyond that. It's like the real image, well, the real image on the, the mind, image of the mind, or the image on the mirror, you know. Just as the image of the mirror is so portable, the, these objects, which are the image of the mirror, they are also so portable. And yet, within that, we see that one is still subtler, still subtler in the sense, you know, it's not portable, but it simply comes to conceptual thoughts. And look, you know, when you speak about everything as the mind nature, actually conceptual thoughts, they become secondary. The mind is primarily uh, the direct, perce- direct perceptions, mm-hmm. not the conceptual thoughts. Mm-hmm. Because, say, when you think about, you know, this rosary, when you look at the rosary, it's right there, you know, and you close the eyes, and we destroy the rosary, still your mind can think about this rosary, mm-hmm. you know. So this means that this, concept, this is a conceptual mind. Conceptual minds are not, we consider as, you know, are the things to be of the nature of that mind. Because, mm-hmm. oh, look, this is an important point. When we look at, you know, I don't want to destroy my rosary. So, say, something over there, this paper, we can destroy it later. This paper, you know, the tissue paper. We look at the tissue paper, you know, we can see it. So, according to this system, Chitamatra, the perception, the tissue, the tissue paper over there on the table, and your eye perceptions, the, the eye perceptions we see, we see the tissue paper, these two, you know, exist simultaneously. These two are of the same nature. So as soon as, according to, you know, strictly speaking, as soon as, you, as, soon as your eyes, you know, close, the tissue over there also disappears. Because your eye consciousness, perceiving the tissue paper, is not there. And these two are just of the same nature. You destroy the mirror, and the image also get lost. You know? Of course, there are more questions. Yeah. You know, there are questions. So, then, but you you close the eyes, but the tissue paper is still there. This could be a question. Yeah. Well, or but, you reach yes. for it to blow your nose. I mean, it's yeah, yes, also yes, a yes. sense of perception. Yes, very true, yeah, very true. Yeah. Look, look. What happens is that, you know, I close my eyes, I hold it, you know, Sense consciousness doesn't really mean merely the eye consciousness. Mm-hmm. Even the body sense consciousness is there. Mm-hmm. Even the smell sense consciousness. Yeah. The taste. You know? Mm-hmm. All these sense consciousnesses. Right? So what happens is that, say, I look at it, I close my eyes, no sense consciousness perceive it, perceive it anymore. Right? Mm-hmm. As soon as that happens, as soon as I close my eyes, you know, the tissue paper that has been perceived to me disappears. Mm-hmm. But the tissue paper that perceives to you still exists. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Still exists. Wow. It is like, it is like, you know, 
it is the same. When I say this, little bit still is, you know, oh, Chitamatra is wrong. But look, they'll come up with a very beautiful example. See, we all suffer from jointness. You know, and we look at it. What will you see? Yellow. Oh, yellow tissue paper. You know, yellow tissue paper. So, you are seeing yellow tissue paper? Every one of us seeing yellow tissue paper. Does it exist there, yellow tissue paper? Mm-hmm. No. But we are seeing something. Yeah. What we see, is it just the same thing we are seeing? Or we are having our own perceptions? Say if you have, you know, mm-hmm. 20% uh, jointed, you are going to see 20% yellow. If you have 30% jointed, 30% yellow. So we have all different perceptions of this. Yes, no? Yes. But when we discuss, we discuss the oh, the yellow paper over there. We all, you know, come to agree. Mm-hmm. But we, in true sense, we have all different perceptions. So what will happen to, you know, my, say I'm suffering from 80% jointed. So 80% yellow, you know. As soon as I close my eyes, what will happen to this 80% yellow? It disappears. You know, my perception is withdrawn. But your perceptions are still there. Which means that we all have our own perceptions. And there's no real tissue paper, yellow tissue paper over there. What we're discussing is something discussing about something which simply appears to oneself alone. You know? Actually, <laughs> what you're talking is about the, tissue paper, the yellow tissue paper that appears to you. And you know, what is being discussed, you know, by Dallas is what is being appeared to her because her perception is very different from ours, you know. So what happens is that as soon as Dallas, you know, retires, like, uh, you know, closes her eyes, that's it. Her perception is withdrawn. And whereas each one of us still have our own perception. But there's no real external yellow dish web over there. Right? But we can keep on our discussion. Or the yellow tissue paper, you know, we're going to make it uh, white sometimes later. <laughs> but it's always white. You know, but we all agree. It doesn't mean that there should be really a little bit there when we, in order for us to agree. So when, right now when we talk about, you know, this a white tissue over there, we agree. It doesn't mean that there's a real white tissue over there. Wow. It's still, you know, a mental extension. Right? Okay. So, now look. Tissue paper is portable, it's functional, you know, but it's unlike, we still see, although it is mentally imputed, so mental extension, it is of the nature of the mind, still, you know, within that, within the world of the mind, we can think about, you know, these two differently, the tissue paper and the, you know, oh, he doesn't drink tea, he doesn't drink tea on the one hand, and tissue paper on the other hand. Tissue paper is something solid, portable over there. But he doesn't drink, drink tea. It's not something, you know, like this. You know, this which is coming to your conceptual thought. But the one is perceptible to your, you know, direct perceptions. So these are two different things. One which is more solid, you know, perceptible to your direct perceptions is known as functional things. One which simply comes to your conceptual thought is known as imputed nature, uncompounded. Right? So, while the functional things, they are being merely the mental, you know, uh, sorry, uh, um, the nature of our mind, nature of mind, but still they are functional things. They still exist. Not as external, you know. So, look, 
when we suffer, if we all suffer from the joints, uh, what will you say? Venerable Chinyila will say, oh, I have to blow my nose. Uh, would you mind, you know, give me that yellow tissue paper? Then I'll say, yes, 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 yes. And then, you know, she takes it and uses it and says, oh, I use this yellow tissue paper. You know, but in true sense, you know, what did I give? I thought that I was giving a yellow tissue paper, but I was trying to give what was simply perceiving to my eyes, which is very different from what is being perceived to her, you know. And I was trying to give that. And still, there's something to be given. Yeah. So similarly, in the, the world of Chitamatras, Chitamatra world, you know, so when you, when you give it, actually this yellow, yellow, yellow tissue paper, is there something really externally there? No, yeah. it's not there, it's just white, you know. But we give it and other also think that, you know, oh, he gave it and, you know, I can use it, use it, you know. So all functions so well, right? Mm -hmm. So like that, in Chitamatra world, actually what I'm giving is, actually within the purview of my own perception. And you think that you got, you're giving something. And actually you're creating your own mental extension, you know, perception, as well as you're getting it. And you're using it. You know, so we all agree in this discussion, while in true sense, it's just like this jaundice, all people, all people suffering from jaundice, and seeing the, you know, uh, yellow paper, creating one's own perception, yellow paper, and then still agreeing with the discussion. Yes, next question. Question number three. Yes. Why ultimate reality emptiness? Why is it, why is it uh, not included? Very good question, but very difficult, challenging. How? How cause and effect? Oh, that's. Yeah, so. Uh, oh, okay, this is connected to law of karma. So this I must do. Say, let's put it this way. Uh, let us put it this way. The law of karma. Uh, say, you know, you just you start daydreaming of, you know, robbers coming to you, breaking in, and then, you know, coming to, you know, gag you, like that, strangle you. You simply daydream, you know, and then what will happen? There's a fear coming in you. Who created this fear? Your own mind, yeah. you know. So, just everything, the fear is also mind. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the ghost and everything is just your mind, you know. So, look, whereas, whereas, if you simply think of, you know, yourself, yourself in, uh, what, uh, say, if you are so keen on music, you know, then yourself imagining you are in a very big theater, where people are just playing a very beautiful music. And do you think that it's going to create a fear in you? No, there's too much joy, pleasure, you know? So now look, now look. So, so the joy that you come, because of thinking about the music, is also created by you. And the fear that is coming in you, because of thinking about these goals and these things, also created by you, you know? So we see that there is some there's a very systematic, systematic order in terms of, you know, uh, the cause-effect. Say, if there is, you know, if all if undesirable things such as thinking about the mentality, which thinks about goals in these things, the result is happiness, no pain, fear. Whereas you think about something which is desirable, the result is 
joy is. You know? So look. So instead of... So this means that, say, in this life, we accumulated all negative karmas, although we just everything within your own mental perception, you know, you do all the ne- negative karma. It is like uh, simply thinking about all the goals and these things. And the next life, you know, you're going to exp- experience the result of that negative karma. It is in the form of suffering. So this is like the fear that you come because of your own creation of the, the goals, mental creation, you know. So we see that if we, if you account for the law of karma in purely on one's, on the basis of one's own perception, mental perception, it's so easy, you know. Mm. It is what you did so negative things, you know, which is within the bound of your, ma- your mind. You, know, you just create, disturb your mind. This is going to have experience a disturbed mental experience. Mm. And this is suffering. And the causes of that suffering, they dist- deliberately disturbing your mind, is known as negative karma. And whereas, you know, you do something good, helping others and so forth, again, although it's just your mind, but you are creating a very suitable, very calm, you know, gentle state of your mind, and the result is going to be very peaceful, you know? So, if you, tr- if you explain everything on the basis of one's own mind, it's so easy, in terms of law of causality, you know? So say, you're always thinking about ghosts and these things, and you complain to your mother, oh, I'm so afraid, then what will your mother say? It's your own creation. Don't think about this. If you don't like to, you know, have this fear, think about something good. Think about a flower. You know? Think about your good friends. Like that. So, on the basis of your own mind, it's so easy. Now, the difficulty is with, if, you know, if you accept external reality, then the difficulty is there of karma. Mm. Say, because, you know, mm. say, I was in India for such many years, and all of a sudden I came here, you know, how come that, you know, this world of America is the result of my karma? How is my karma connected to this external world? You know, so my karma can explain my mental experience, but how can it explain the external world? Mm-hmm. You know, oh, the, how to connect the mind and the physical world? That's very challenging. But, you know, oh, say, I've been always thinking about goals and these things. And then I have a sense of, you know, fear in these things. Then, even ordinary people, without any understanding of Chidamatra, even they can tell you easily, you know, this is a creation, this is a result of your negative thinking. Why should you think about these things? So they know the causality, you know. Mm-hmm. They connect the, they, they know the connection between this painful experience, fear, and what, what, it, cre- what it was created by, you know, thinking about goes and these things. So if everything is you know, explain all the basic ones on mind. It's so easy. But difficulty is trying to make connection with your mind and something external object. Mm-hmm. This is a challenge. For Chitamatra in the law of causality is so easy to explain. Mm-hmm. However, there's one debate. Time is up. <laughs>